0: When they opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then, being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Heavenly Father, before you celebrating the birth of your Son, we ask for your grace, for your power, for your anointing. Come. Come by your anointing right now, this morning. Would you just call on the Lord if you have the freedom to pray in the Spirit? Come on, pray in the Spirit. The Bible says, I'll pray with my understanding. You'll say, I'll pray with my Spirit. We're a Pentecostal church. Go for it. Pray in the Holy Ghost. God, we thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. You read the book of Matthew. There's a theme. In fact, all of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there's a theme. The theme of the book of Matthew is that Jesus is the King. Would you say that? Jesus is the King. And he tells the story of the wise men who come to worship Jesus. And it's fascinating to me because it's not just Palestine that knows about Jesus, but it's a picture of all the world coming, Gentiles coming to worship the Lord, worship Jesus. Jesus' birth is anticipated by the whole world. Now many don't realize this, but if you study Tantius and Aetonius, Roman historians, they record that there was a, a worldwide belief that they were awaiting for a king. This is history. Roman historians record that all the world was longing for this great king that would come and, and do some wonderful thing in the earth. So it was common belief that a king would be born and would rule the world. And so real was this belief that Augustus Caesar took two titles. Now many of you know this. This is ancient history. Augustus Caesar took two titles, Savior and Lord, and really started emperor worship like never before. And it was to preempt them following another king. That's how strongly people believed that there would be this king that would come on the scene. So this worldwide belief was the basis for these wise men coming. These magi or wise men were from Persia. And they were a class of people who were close to the throne. They were like consultants. They were the uh, philosophers, the astronomers, the scientists, the, the, the academics of the day. And one of their own number, his name was Daniel. See, if you study this out, this is what you find, these magi, these wise men. And Daniel, in fact, prophesied in the book that you have in your hand, if you have the Old Testament, not just a New Testament this morning, you will hold in your hand a copy of the book of Daniel. In the book of Daniel, chapter 9, it literally records the 70 weeks, it records the exact time That God would send His only Son into the earth. Kind of amazing. The Magi knew that. Disciples, I believe, of Daniel. We don't know all that for sure, but we know they came from Persia. We know that's the same place that Daniel was. We know that Daniel wrote his book, historically accurate. And as I read through this and meditate on this text of Scripture, which is familiar to us, and I've preached many messages from it before, even at Christmas time, I found that the birth of Jesus in this text is remarkable because you see three responses to the birth of Jesus. The first one that we'll look at is Herod. Herod had mental issues. I mean, he was really a twisted, a twisted, twisted man. His response was one of rejection. Herod's response was one of what? Rejection. He had a problem with fear. He was paranoid. He was demonized. He had such a problem with fear that he even killed his own son. And he killed his wife because he thought that they were going to overthrow him. So can you can you imagine these, these magi, they come to worship these disciples of Daniel, I believe. we can't prove that entirely, but they came from Persia, the same place that Daniel was. And they came to worship this baby Jesus. Can you imagine Herod? He's already paranoid, schizophrenic, demonized, killed his own son, killed his wife because they thought they are going to overthrow him. Can you imagine this guy's response? Totally freaked out. And this worldwide belief that there would be this king that would come to rule, terrified he's going to lose power. He rejects Jesus. I mean, you look later on, and he was an onslaught. They murdered babies. Two years old and under. We don't know how many wise men there were. We sing that song, We Three Kings of Orientar. Right? Three kings. And the reason it's three kings is because it's three gifts. But the truth is, it could have been twenty, could have been a hundred. We don't know how many wise men came. I'm sure there was an entourage. But there was three gifts that's mentioned in Scripture, so we say that there's three kings, but truth is we don't know. And I realized as I read through this that there are people here today who could be a Herod. What do you mean by that? There's some here who are afraid that if they acknowledge Jesus and receive him as the King of Kings, and the Lord of lords. That he'll take their life and change it. He'll take He'll take power from them. Cause them to do something or be something they never intended to be. That they, that they don't want to be. Herod didn't want to lose power. Herod didn't want to lose his kingship. So he tried to kill Jesus. He rejected Jesus. Don't reject the Lord. There's some people that will be in church that it would never go to church any other time of year, Christmas and Easter. They've been affectionately called priesters. If you're here and you've not been in church for a long time, well, I welcome you and I won't call you a priester But I do encourage you to not reject the Lord and not just be somebody who just comes because it's a holiday or a tradition. Herod rejected Jesus because he was afraid. That he would take his power. He was so consumed with his own self. Don't reject the Lord. Believe a lie. A lie that's whispered by the devil. Don't do it. The second group of people that we see Are the religious leaders? They're they're indifferent. Herod doesn't know about where the king is going to be born, so he calls his religious leaders and he asks them to tell them from prophecy where this king would rule. I mean, it's they're indifferent. What do you mean they're indifferent? You, you, you must understand the, the age that that Jesus comes, that is born to this first century. All of Israel is about the Messiah. I mean, they prayed, they fasted, they 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 they. they there was this anticipation, not only in Israel but worldwide anticipation that this king was going to come, and Israel Jews especially. The leaders knew. They were praying, Oh, send the Messiah! Why? Because they're under this Roman rule. And so there's this great hope that God would send His Messiah and remove Roman rule and become the King of kings and sit on the throne, the throne of David, the fulfillment of over 300 prophecies. And so these religious leaders come. They hear about these magi They know the Word of God. They had to memorize Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. They had to memorize the Pentateuch. And so they come and they say, Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. King's going to be born in Bethlehem. Right there, the prophet said it. But they had to even know the book of Daniel. They had those documents, those scrolls. And yet, they did not go to seek out this Jesus. They were indifferent. Here are Gentiles seeking the King of Kings, the Messiah. And they're indifferent. And their reaction is like so many. As I said, there's people that won't be in church all year. But then they come just to do a religious thing but will not surrender, will not surrender to the King, will not surrender to Jesus. And I don't want to put anybody under condemnation, but if you have indifference in your life and and going to church has become some religious thing for you, you're just like the religious leaders. I don't ever want to become a Pharisee. I don't ever want to become a Sadducee a couldn't see, a wouldn't see. I don't want to be that. Don't ever become indifferent. The religious leaders, they were they were indifferent. Don't allow religion to, substitute, to be a substitute reality. Don't allow for a set of rules and regulations to ease your conscience and miss out on what real, true worship and relationship is. You know, we're not here today because we have to be here. I'm certainly not here because this is my job. This was a job I'd have quit long ago. It's a calling. As a Christian, as somebody who believes and has received and repented of their sin, received Jesus, we can sometimes get to be like These people, indifferent. Well, I went to church. I went to church Sunday morning. I'm not going to go Sunday night. (laughs) No way. I mean, I I went once this month. I mean, you know, the Lord knows my heart. Yeah, it's deceitfully wicked above all else. The religious leaders were indifferent. And sometimes we can become like that. Go to church but never really get hungry for an encounter with God. Well, praise the Lord. We should probably move on to number three. The wise men. The third group and this, the, the group, their reaction, the wise men, they worship. God still has wise men, wise people, if you will come to worship the Lord. So the wise men, that these magi, they challenge us to worship. And let's look at this. There's three components on this Christmas morning that I want to glean from it. They worship with true dedication. True dedication. I mean, what, what commitment. They followed the star. We, we, if you read the entire text there in, in Matthew 2, they followed the star for two years. Took two years to to show up there. I, I I've known people I mean in Hawaii it would rain. It would rain. We we lived in Hawaii for fourteen years. It would rain and people wouldn't come to church. We think they're like the wicked witch of the West or something, gonna melt. Sometimes we can just make all kinds of excuses, but they were truly dedicated. Truly dedicated. Our worship has a tendency to to be so self centered. Is that just me, or or is it you find yourself in that at all? You know, this morning I came and um, I wasn't I wasn't exactly finished with my message, and I I needed more time to. Uh, to just study some things and pray, pray through a little bit. And uh, I didn't get that time because when I showed up, there was just so much snow at the entrance of the... <laughs> I should back up and say, I walked out to my truck. We had an auto-started. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I had this brother in the church that said, I've got an auto-starter. It's 15 years old. Still works good. Hey, son, go start the truck. <laughs> anyway we pressed the auto starter and we went out to a nice warm truck and, and my wife and family went out first I was getting my notes together and she comes opposite the door and says there's somebody in our driveway shoveling our driveway I said oh she goes I, I don't know who it is I don't know what's going on I go okay so I, I get my stuff and I, you, you can't see because it's dark you know and so 7.30 in the morning go out and I see this person I said who is this mystery shoveler and they they look up, and it's somebody from the church. And I was overwhelmed with, by the love of God. That and they, and they said that the Lord spoke to me to, to shuffle your driveway. And they had to be shoveling for, dude, my driveway was thick. I got a four-wheel drive, and I just hammer through it, you know. I mean, it was some serious snow. And the whole thing shoveled. I mean, it was some serious effort. They had to be at it for an hour plus, hour and a half, I don't know. At, at, at five degrees or whatever it was at my house. And I was overwhelmed with the love of God, and I just said, wow, thank you, Jesus. And we just hugged, and we both wept. He wept, I wept, we cried. I thought, man, I'd love to help you, but i got to go. <laughs> so I got in my truck, and I, I drove, and when we got here, I realized that I'm now going to shovel the driveway of the house of the Lord. But I didn't have that in mind. I went had other plans, and I'm honestly I was kind of bent out of shape a little bit. Anybody ever get bent out of shape on Christmas? And so I grabbed the shovel, and it's cold, and I've got my stupid clogs on, which are usually good, but not for shoveling. And I'm wearing my little suit with my tie, and the, you know the tie just kind of comes out. You know, the, I'm, 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 I'm there, I'm there shoveling. I don't have gloves, and I'm down there. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm probably 20 shovels into it, and I realized, I'm going to be here an hour. And so I feel this murmur start to come up. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And so I, I, I didn't do that, and I, I really started working, and I found my heart just, I was irritated that I'm shoveling. I said, I, I shouldn't be shoveling. Where's my staff? I'm going to call him." The Lord says, no, you're not going to call them. So I kept shoveling. I said, no, I'm going I'm to I'm call Minister Alex. He's drinking a hot Starbucks somewhere. Hallelujah. <laughs> and, uh, and so I, I call a couple people that have plows. And I can't get through because it's busy or whatever. They're Christmas. And, you know, awesome. And so the Lord is dealing with me. And I just felt like the Lord said, can you just worship me? And I thought, oh God. I, I lost it. I realized, oh, I'm so selfish. Okay, I'm sure I'm the only one like that in here, but <laughs> And I had I had I had church out at the front, shoveling the driveway of the of the of our of our church. Took me over an hour. I didn't if my the message isn't that good, well that's why. Because I, I I I just didn't get to <laughs> I like got very blessed doing it. And just felt like the Lord is saying, you know, would you be content with being a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord? I said yes. They sacrifice to come worship Jesus in Africa they will they will in 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 many places they will walk for days they walk for days before they ha- have church and when they have church they stay for the whole day and services all day long and nobody leaves because they came for days to have one service together to gather together. The Western church is so anemic You know, because we've gotten so comfortable. I mean, I'm thankful for cushion chairs this morning. Thankful for nice lights and all of that. It's great. They didn't have any of that. They went on a two year camping trip to go worship Jesus. Wow. Everybody say dedication. How's your dedication to the Lord? These magi were dedicated. They're not only dedicated, they, but they worshipped with real reverence. Everybody say with real reverence. They're not impressed with baby Jesus' house. Some, you know, they see this, why you see these these um, manger scenes, you know, the magi are there. The magi were not there when baby Jesus was born. It's probably two years probably two years old, so they come to his house. and You know, people aren't going to continue to come to church because of a nice building. I'm thankful for a nice building. We come to church because we worship the Lord and want to go deeper in the Word and experience His power and His presence. My father has a, to this day, he has his college ring on his right hand. And uh, his university graduation ring. And when we went to mass as Catholics, he knew what was going to happen with his three sons. So he would take the ring and he would turn it inside. In other words, the gemstone would be on the inside. It was like this little knot. And it was just brilliant for kind of cracking somebody, tapping somebody in the back of the head. It just made this resounding ringing sound. You know, he didn't do it, like, real hard and send us home with knots on our heads, except maybe a couple times. And, you know, when we would act up at church, I mean, you had to be quiet. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Just, God forbid you open a candy wrapper or something because you'd just be in trouble. People be, like, turning, looking at you. I remember, I can't, I think it's like the Apostle, I think it's the Apostles' Creed. I'm, I'm, I probably have to ask Grace to help me out here, but we, we would say there's the Apostle Creed. There's this one section, we did, we, we would do stuff like interpretive uh, sign language, we didn't even know what that was, but we would act out what they'd be saying uh, next to my father who would be praying, and if, you, and if you saw it, well, you got the ring, you know. You know, we'd lift our hearts. So this whole section about lift your hearts up to the Lord, and I'd be all totally mocking the whole thing. My point is, is that if we acted up in church, it was irreverent, and 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 we would get a, a, you know corrected, and 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 rightfully so. But reverence is not being quiet. Reverence, reverence is an awareness of God. And his presence and his power and his word. I do think it is irreverent to move around and, and talk during an altar call when people are getting saved. I think that's irreverent. But I also think it's irreverent when the power of God's being poured out and you stay with your hands folded. I think that's irreverent. I think it's irreverent when the power of God's being manifested, but we quench the spirit, we fold our hands, and just don't want to look strange or something. And he's trying to touch us. They worshipped Jesus with real with real reverence. They worshipped Jesus sacrificially. Look at C. They worshipped Jesus sacrificially. They gave their best. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh, which were costly gifts. Uh, but there were also prophetic gifts. Gold represented His deity. Frankincense. God stipulated in Exodus chapter 30, 34 to 36, that frankincense would be prepared for the purpose of, of sacrificial uh, what's called sacrificial fumigation or sacrificial uh, incense. Jesus Christ was killed in Calvary. The perfect sacrifice which would be acceptable to, acceptable to God to take away the sins of the world of all who would accept Him. They offered frankincense. They offered myrrh. Myrrh was used for embalming bodies. Burial. Burial preparation. They didn't, I don't think they knew what they were doing, but they gave prophetic gifts. They gave their best. And oftentimes we just give half-heartedly. Is that just me again? Okay. Give your best. Sometimes we can be lazy. It's not dependent on how much money you give. It's not dependent on how much time you give. It's whether you do it with all your heart. Do it with the right heart. God still has wise men today. I'm bothered by the text because I find myself being like some of them. I find myself being indifferent at times. I find myself at times finding, you know, that I'm selfish. Challenged by the Magi. They traveled for two years. So maybe it took them two years to get home. Maybe it was a four-year worship service. It was four years to worship the Lord for however many minutes and give their offering and go back home. I'm challenged by their reverence. I'm challenged by their dedication. I'm challenged by their sacrifice, their time. This Christmas and into the next year, this 2012 They say the world's coming to an end or something. I don't think so. But I don't know. One thing I know is I want to be like these wise men, these magi. I want to worship the Lord with all my heart, with all my mind, all my soul, and all my strength. I'm challenged this Christmas to be like that. Don't be a Herod and reject him because you're afraid he'll take your life and do something you never want to do. That's a lie from hell. Receive him. He's what you're looking for. Give your heart to Jesus. Give your life to Christ. Don't be a Herod. Don't don't be a religious person who just is indifferent about God and his promises and his power. And it's just become some religious thing. Some bunch of rules that you follow. Filled with bitterness and criticism and anger. and Powerless. Powerless Christianity is an oxymoron. Where's your, how's your hunger level for God? How's your hunger level for the things of God? Don't be just a religious person. wise and seek him while he may be found dedicated reverence sacrifice Amen would you stand up with us Heavenly Father we thank you come on just thank him just ask him to touch your heart today We thank You, God. We worship You, Jesus. Hallelujah. This Christmas morning, if you're not right with God, won't you be made right with Him? This Christmas morning, God forbid you would die today or later this week or even the week after, ask yourself if you're right with God. If you you did die, are you ready to meet your Maker? Are you? If you're not right with God, hear this. To as many as received Him, He gave them the right to become children of God book of Acts says all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It does not matter what you've done, what your history is, how much education you have or the lack thereof, what kind of family you came from, whether it be a good family or a dysfunctional family. doesn't matter what station in life you find yourself in, whether you're wealthy or poor. All of us have a common problem. It's called sin. And the only way to have your sin atoned for, the only way to have your sin washed away, is to receive Jesus. It's to receive Jesus. He's the reason for Christmas. So examine your heart today. Don't be a Herod. Don't be just a religious person perhaps. Don't reject him. Don't reason away, well, I'm not ready. The enemy will make sure you're never ready. Give your heart to Christ today. Make it the greatest Christmas of your life. He's born into a manger. A place where animals... You know what animals do, right? Mangers are dirty. He wants to come into the manger of your heart. All across this place and those online, you want to give your heart to Jesus this morning. For the first time or make a recommitment. Just slip your hand up now. I'm not talking about joining this church. I'm talking about getting right with God. Speaking specifically to a number of people by the word of knowledge. Your life is a train wreck. You go through trauma after trauma and you're looking for satisfaction and as the Rolling Stones song says, you can't get any because there is no satisfaction that is found outside of Jesus and when you put him in that place in your heart he will help you he will heal you as you seek him he'll forgive your sins today no one is good no not one all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God the word of God says you want to get right with God slip your hand up right now do it now God bless you. Thank you for your honesty, sir. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? Slip your hand up high. Say, that's me, Pastor. want to get right with God. Don't play church. Get right with God. This might be your last church service. God bless you. See that hand. Anybody else? Over on this side. Praise God. Let's pray this right out loud. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave. Come into my heart. Come into my life. And be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me and cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Holy Spirit, come on, just let the Lord fill you now. Holy Spirit, come. Fill, touch, deliver. Hold out your spirit, Lord, on your people. Heal the broken hearts, broken minds. Jesus. touch deliver and now I pray God for us that you would help us Lord into, into 2012 that we would be a people that worship you with real dedication we'd worship you as we're shoveling driveways or sidewalks we will worship you In our workplace, we'll worship you in our home. We'll put to death our flesh. We'll not be a people of indifference. We won't reject you. We won't be religious people. Lord, give us a heart that's after you. I live, I live. To worship you, to worship you, I live, to worship you, I live, to worship you, I live, I live to worship you. Come on, sing it, sing it. to worship. Christmas happy birthday Jesus put your hands together for the Lord won't you? would you take someone by the hand tonight, this morning take someone by the hand, Pastor Cameron would you come please? we'll have service tonight at 6 o'clock and uh, if you're able to come we'd love to have you if you're home enjoying the festivities, we'll have a wonderful, wonderful time. Have a wonderful time. Pastor Vince Benson will be here. I know many of you will be around a Christmas table eating dinner and taking Tums or something. God is good, isn't He? Let's pray for each other. Heavenly Father, thank You so much. We pray, oh God, for our families that don't know you, don't know the joy. Even as we read that text, that verse just jumped out at me. They rejoiced with exceeding joy. Lord, may we be like that and may our families come to know you because of our witness. Not because of our religion and our tradition, but because of a genuine walk and a dedication and a reverence and a sacrifice for you, Jesus. Save our whole families, God.
1: Bless us this
0: day as we bless you. Cause your face to shine upon your people. Lift up your countenance towards them, O God. Be gracious to them. Keep them. And give them peace in the matchless holy name that's above every other name. The name of Jesus. Merry Christmas, everybody. God bless you.